Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Remember is a big word in the Bible. You probably don't even remember it. And yet we're told over and over again, Israel was told over and over again to remember. Remember what? Remember the mighty acts of God. Remember how God had worked in and through the people and in history. Remember how he had worked miracles. Remember how he had used seemingly insignificant men or fallible men for his glory to accomplish his purposes in the Hebrew nation. How is it we have such a hard time remembering today? It's almost as if there's a full court press to cause us to forget. And if we can't forget in and of our own, to strip away every single memorial of remembrance so that we cannot and will not remember. But why would that be? Why is it that the pressure of this time is to strip away every memorial every aspect of remembrance. It's a dangerous thing not to remember. It really is. In reality, you either remember or you die. You either remember or you die. And that's true for this nation called America. I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms today is absolutely no exception. I have in my hands an article that came out in the latest issue of Christianity Today, a magazine that was formed by Billy Graham back in the 1950s. Here's the headline. Repentance in Richmond, talking about the the uh, birth city of America, actually, the, uh, the, the place where the cross of the covenant was first planted on these shores in 1607. The picture at the head of the article in Christianity Today, a so-called evangelical magazine, is the dismembered head of Robert E. Lee the dismembered head of Robert E. Lee, removed from its position in a classic statue on Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. His isn't the only monument removed. They have all been removed from a city and a street that was known internationally for its monument attesting to an element of of American and world history, all gone in one year. Why would a national Christian evangelical magazine be bragging about this event? Well, friends, it's because of a false understanding that when you remove the remembrance of history, you actually are removing not only your heritage, but destroying your future. You have nothing now to remember. And that's happening all across America. 
It's happening even in our nation's capital. As statues have been removed, yes, right from the Congress, removed to strip away the memory of our heritage. And yet Robert E. Lee was one of the most godly men, believe it or not, one of the most godly men to have ever exercised leadership in this country. You may not like the fact that he was uh, represented the uh, Confederacy, but the issues at that time were quite complicated, and it wasn't just about slavery. It was about states' rights. It was about his family. It was about a lot of things. Let me ask you a question. Are you a perfect person? Let's suppose that the future of America was based upon your life. Would your statue be taken out because of things that you did or didn't do that didn't please people 150 years later? Think about it. One of our presidents said, a nation that doesn't remember what it was does not know what it is or even what it's trying to do. And friends, that's our condition right here in America today. So today on Viewpoint, we're talking about rediscovering America. You either remember or you die. Our special guest today, Scott Powell, with his brand new book, hardbound book, beautiful cover, Rediscovering America. Scott, it's good to have you on the program. Oh, it's great to be with you and your audience. Well, Scott, we're in uh, deep trouble in our country. Uh, We have grown to the place, come to the place, where it's as if not only do we not want to remember, we don't even want to have the opportunity to remember, so we're just going to get rid of everything that would cause us to remember. Yeah, it's really really a tragedy. Um, But it it is happening, I believe, because... We have a determined enemy, a spiritual enemy, uh, rooted in Marxism, um, that wants to take America down. And this has been the plan for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. It really took root, uh, perhaps in a, in a significant way in America in the 1930s with the so-called Frankfurt School, which uh, had Herbert Marcuse and Theodore Adorno and a number of other intellectuals who had come out of Nazi Germany, they were Marxists, and they but they they could recognize that the bourgeois capitalist democratic countries were, you know, were creating wealth for the worker, and mm-hmm. that there would be no proletariat to overthrow the bourgeoisie. But they wanted the revolution, and they believed that it could be accomplished best through taking over the cultural institutions. And they were joined by Antonio Gramsci. Uh, Gramsci, they didn't really join, but but philosophically they were in the same same wavelength, if Mm -hmm. you will. Gramsci was the head of the Communist Party in in Italy, and he was sentenced to prison. And in prison, he wrote the prison notebooks, which articulate his theories of cultural uh, Marxism and cultural revolution. Uh, So that was all planted in the 1930s, and it really you know, continued to work its way through primarily the higher educational system. Uh, the Frankfurt School came to to Columbia University in New York and then spread out to other universities. And, and now it's invaded all of our universities, including Christian universities. Yes. And yes. now even Christianity today 
and it's all under the banner of wokeism. Uh, that's the latest uh, pop cultureish term, wokeism, which means you embrace everything but your heritage. You embrace everything but the past. The past must be dismissed. You dare not look to the past. You dare not celebrate a heritage. No, it's all about now, the eternal now. So you say in your book, the United States is now in a fight for its life. It is. We can all see the woke agenda, which includes destroying the American people's connection to their heritage by anti-American indoctrination in schools and tearing down or defacing our historical monuments and statues. But who would have ever believed that it was going to be even evangelical churches who would be involved in this process? Well, welcome back to Viewpoint, friends. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Scott Powell will be coming is joining us next after this break, Rediscovering America. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Back to Viewpoint, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, special guest today, Scott Powell, with his book, Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are, and indeed they do. But it's even bigger than that. It's bigger than the national holidays. It's, In fact, his book is uh, quite deep and uh, helpful in understanding the trajectory of history uh, as it relates to our country and the future. He states the founding of the United States was absolutely unique and exemplary, the most profound single event in shaping the modern world. Why do you say that, Scott? Well, uh, there's, there are many reasons, but the fundamental reason uh, c- can be seen really uh, in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and the Declaration of Independence would, would you know, stood on the, uh, on the foundation, really, of the Protestant Revolution. And then we know that in the Protestant Reformation, Luther um, Luther had the view that there should be uh, direct access to God through Jesus Christ, that there mm-hmm. would be a priesthood of all believers. There was equality in the priesthood of all believers. So the notion of equality of people, equal value before God, equal access to God, was a Protestant idea. Uh, and there, also, were actually, there were actually men, such as Tyndall and, and John Huss, who uh, sacrificed their lives to make the Bible available to the common person, which was resisted to the point of death by the Roman Catholic Church. I know, it's, it's extraordinary. And another one of the tenets that came out of the Protestant Reformation was, of course, freedom of conscience. Um, and that, you know, that originated with Luther, but it was really formalized, really, as a Calvinistic doctrine. But freedom of conscience means that people are free. They are free to... Uh, accept the truth. Uh, they're free to turn away from the truth. They're free to have different ideas, and and that, in fact, is uh, you know is part and parcel uh, of of life. Uh, and you know when it's used in the right way, different different ideas can lead to better results. Um, whether it's in 
a competitive political system or it's in the competitive market. We know that you want a competition of, of, of good ideas uh, to solve problems and find the best solutions. Well, the concept of freedom and liberty were virtually non-existent uh, up until the time of the pilgrims uh, making their way, or certainly not until the Protestant Reformation, and largely until uh, uh, the early 1600s when the settlers came over to Jamestown and then to uh, Plymouth Rock. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also what's important that it, it contributed to our the founding of our country was the third idea, and that was the, the right to rebel and resist unjust and corrupt rule, mm-hmm. uh, which came out of doctrines both from John Calvin and, and John Knox. And, of course, America uh, was born in rejecting uh you know, the, the Anglican Church, the Church of England, seeking a different way, a, a purer way, a more biblical way, uh, free of the constraints and the confining traditions of a formal church. And that's what drove them to, to Holland and ultimately to come to the New World. And, of course, uh, the the rebellion of the colonists uh, in uh, 1775 was, uh, you know, an expression really of this right to rebel against unjust rule. Mm-hmm. So, as you say, it was Christianity, and specifically the Protestant Reformation movement of the 16th century, that led more directly to the ideas about equality and liberty, rule of law, unalienable and natural rights, becoming incorporated into the Declaration of Independence. And, indeed, that is absolutely true. So, so if this, that this is, is unprecedented. This this never existed before. And don't forget that when the Declaration was formalized in the Constitution and the drafting of the Constitution, which was an extraordinary accomplishment, mm-hmm. you know, for representatives from uh, 13 different colonies. Actually, it was, it was 12 because Rhode Island did not attend uh, the Constitutional Convention. But you had <clears throat> you had some 50 people, all with different ideas from different locations different experiences like different objectives mm-hmm. coming together to form a government i mean that would be impossible today but they did it because these were you know, wise people with a you know with a temperament of tolerance and respect uh, and deliberation so um, that was extraordinary but even after the constitution was written it had to be ratified by the states mm-hmm. and there was great concern that many of the larger states would not ratify it because there was fear that it gave too much power to the federal government right. and that people's rights would be stepped on. And uh, these unalienable rights that were declared in the, in the Declaration would be usurped or, or overridden by uh, a federal government that had over, overreached and too much power. Now, isn't so, it interesting, Scott, that today the very people who are leading the spirit of wokeness to tear down our heritage, and particularly our godly heritage, are the very ones that want to increase the power of the federal government and completely change the Constitution. That's right. This That's is a right. full-court press for the destruction of, uh, of America, I think. Yes, it is. And, and you know, these are, these are troubling and dark times, but I do think that there, there is more hope. I see more hope now than I saw, say, you know, two or three or four or five years ago, in the sense that people are people can see 
the falseness of these narratives that have been uh, that have been circulated and and the tyranny that's been imposed on us the strip the brazen stripping away yeah. of our constitutional rights in the last couple of years and people are waking up they're recognizing that this is the wrong direction and uh, they they don't they don't want to be lied to they don't want to be they, they are don't they waking up too late scott uh, have well, they, we, we have can't. we allowed this to go on too far so that uh, the durability of this greatest so-called experiment in freedom and liberty in the history of mankind is uh, nearly uh, on its deathbed? Well, I guess I could turn that around and ask you, Chuck, uh, why do you think that God has allowed, God's hand has been lifted God's hand of protection has been lifted uh, from uh, from our country that this could happen. Well, I, I thank you for saying that, uh, because that's exactly the point. And the point is that we have become, we have abandoned the fear of the Lord in the land, from the church house to the White House, to the schoolhouse, to the courthouse. We've abandoned the most essential element that was the foundation for our government, the foundation for every aspect, every freedom that this country has represented. And when you abandon the, freedom, the, the fear of the Lord, you have no more wisdom. Then everything else begins to fall like dominoes, and that's what we're seeing. The only hope, as I see it, is not just recovering our heritage, but the most essential element of our heritage is recovering the fear of the Lord starting in God's own house. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, you know, but God works in many different ways, and, of course, people respond uh, to, to different things. So, you know, revival in the past, and we had amazing spiritual revivals in America. A lot of people don't even understand that without the Great Awakening that took place between uh, eight, 1830 uh, and, and 18, 18 uh, or rather 1730 and, mm-hmm. and 1750, that kind of 20 the years, first 25 great Ameri- year, first great that, awakening. Yeah, the first great awakening is what really enabled the the 13 dis, you know separate colonies to to develop a spirit of unity and and to perceive that, that part of that awakening was that that their spiritual morality needed to be applied to the to public life yeah and and that the abuses that or they, their that, individual lives actually that's right they're <laughs> individual lives but then also giving justification for standing up uh against great britain uh, the the awakening that took place during that time uh john adams attributed it to being really building the foundation for the success of the revolutionary war all right, but then you had a second great awakening uh, from about a hundred years later, a period of time from about 1830 to uh, 1860, somewhere in there, uh, that prepared us for another great war, which was the Civil War, using the term loosely. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. So we had those two great awakenings, arguably. The only other Great Awakening that we've had was in 1906 in California with uh, William Seymour there at the Azusa Street Revival. Some would say that was a third Great Awakening. But we have not, we've not had a Great Awakening since then in this country. 
notwithstanding uh, 40 to 50 years of so-called national days of prayer and solemn assemblies, all of those things, we still have not had any recovery of the remembrance of our heritage and living it out in a spiritual revival. Why? Well, that is, that is a, a question I can't fully answer, but I, I do. It's because we refuse God's conditions. That's why. It's very that, simple. That, that, we that refuse God's conditions. We don't fear God. We fear man. We want to please man more than we please God because we love the praises of men more than the praises of God. It's very simple. And so from our churches, we've abandoned uh, what God says he hates and embraced what, uh, excuse me, we've embraced what God says he hates and rejected what God says he loves. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty simple. We try to make it complex because we don't want to be able to be doers of the word. Uh, we want to be hearers only so we can claim to be so spiritual and so religious. So are we a city set on a hill today, as John Winthrop, that godly attorney, said back in 1630? Well, we are not, but um, we we have a residual. You know, this is the amazing thing about about life. Uh-huh. Um, the residual, though, will not always stay with us. I mean, it it tends to be a dissipating asset. Right. But we have a residual of uh, it's a, there's a spiritual residual, and there's a, a you know there is a a memory residual, and mm-hmm. and uh, overseas people remember America in its former ways and, and have this notion that America is still what it once was, you know, the, the land of the free, the home of the brave. The... But it used to be called the gem of the oceans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Today, the tarnish is so great that one can hardly see the, the shining city on the hill. Yet we were once called the land of enlightenment, the new Eden, a redeemer nation, a land of equality, a melting pot, the land of opportunity, the nation of immigrants, and even the new Israel. I know, it's amazing. It is amazing. That's what we were known as. What are we known as today? But of course, still, people want to come to America. So that that residual that you've just described uh, in its various aspects, still immigrants are drawn to that idea of hope and opportunity. All right. What are they Uh, actually drawn to? Rather than being drawn to the root, they're drawn to the fruit. That's what they really want. They want to pick the fruit without the root. Yes. Some, yes. Yep. Okay. So in in really being honest, uh, I'm thinking back about my friend David Barton who for 30 years has been traveling the world, traveling the country, rather, uh, trying to passionately plea a restoration of our biblical, our godly heritage in America. And he's done a great job of it. Here's the problem. We have, we got to the place increasingly, particularly in evangelical circles, where we were reveling in our godly heritage but we weren't obeying the God of that heritage. So even our remembering the godly heritage was becoming almost like an idol. I think yes. that's what's keeping us from a spiritual awakening. That, 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 that's a concerning factor, no doubt, no doubt about it. I think also 
you know, we need a lot of repentance, my gosh. Uh, um, you know, repentance is really sets the, sta- the foundation uh, to approach God. And, and I think, you know, we, we have, we are woefully short in our repentance for mm. what, for what we've done. Absolutely. Okay. Now let's talk, your, your book talks about our national holidays and I find our national holidays to be extremely important. Uh, I, I believe in celebrating them. Uh, they're significant. They help us to remember, don't they? Oh, Absolutely. In fact, that's what they're really about. That's what that, that's for. what they're about. Exactly, exactly. All right. So let's go to uh, after this break. Let's go to one that celebrates an event that took place in 1492. In Love 1492, you. after this break, friends, it's going back a fur piece. But we've been tearing the head off of that man too. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website saveus.org that's saveus.org also on chuck's website listen to chuck's viewpoint broadcast listen to the archives maybe you missed a program check it out at saveus.org also there are some great resources hospitality information also information about marriage divorce and remarriage newsletters articles prophecy Prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. I want to make available to you our special guest's book, Rediscovering America. And uh, this is a hardbound book, uh, hot off the press. It is a beautiful, beautiful cover, Rediscovering America. $27 will put this beautiful book in your hands and it will encourage you, it will help you to understand our heritage even better. We need that. We do. We need to remember. We either either need to remember or we're going to die as a country. It's as simple as that. So get a copy of it. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. We'll get it into your hands. Every kid for decades, maybe two centuries, knew the phrase, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. They all knew it. I'll bet not too much anymore. Why is that? Well, because Columbus is no longer worthy of being remembered. In fact, not even remembered. He should be desecrated, we're told, by woke culture today. We're told this even by people in our churches, many of them in our churches, pastors even. We got to get rid of that guy Columbus because he wasn't a perfect guy. 
course, the pastors and the parent and the and the people that are coming against him aren't perfect either. Some of them are divorcing their spouses and carrying on in nefarious ways, even from the pulpits of America. But they expected Columbus to be absolutely perfect. So they're taking down his statutes, beheading him all over the country, and removing his heritage. And yet, Columbus was a devoted Christian who attributed his very passions, ability, and vision to God. He left in his writings that bear witness to what motivated him to do what he did. In fact, he said, it was the Lord who put it into my mind. I could feel his hand upon him, that it would be possible for me to sail as I did. Wow. Perhaps Columbus was more godly than many of our pastors today. It's possible, friends. So why do we want to destroy him? Why do we want to destroy his memory, particularly among those 40 years of age and under, the millennial and generation X or Z? Why do we want to do that? What say you, Scott? Well, I think the last, the last two generations uh, have really been more brainwashed than earlier generations. Columbus has been, you know, it's been an easy target. And remember, this is a spiritual war. Mm-hmm. This, we haven't just arrived by chance at this, where people begin to change their ideas about Columbus and about the founding fathers and so forth. So when people call this a culture war, the culture war is only a reflection of the greater spiritual that's war right. that's taking place. Yes, this is a, this is a satanic point. evil war against Christianity and against you know the leading Christian nation of the world. If if America can be taken down, Satan can rule the world. You know what? I think perhaps we even need to go further and ask another why question. Why would it be necessary to destroy the memory of a godly heritage, the memory of the foundation and uniting factors of this country? I think... It's because of the intention to form a new world global order. And in order to do that, the United States stands unique with a heritage that seems to have united the nation in ways for patriotism and allegiance more than many of the other countries of Europe now. So in order for the United States to be brought into this new world global order, the memory of those 40 years of age and under must be expunged from their craniums. Only then can they be assimilated into this new world order easily. What do you think? I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and I, you know, I, I, I think that the, the leaders of this new world order are, are, are evil people. Uh, and their goals are are, uh, you know, subjugation and control of, of other people. That's the reversal of, you know, God's direction in life, where God wanted us to experience greater and greater liberty and freedom, that we would turn that around and go in reverse. But that, that is what will happen should we lose this great country of America. We can stand up. I mean, we. What's incredible is that 
you know, people that are are not just the young generations that em- embrace this. This is, I, I would call this insanity because we have a history uh, of what totalitarian systems do. They 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 eat their own. They destroy mm-hmm. their own. Mm-hmm. So there is. For some people to think, oh, well, we're the elites, you know, once we can take down America and we build this new world order, we'll administer it. And, you know, you know, the the wrong people were in charge of the prior totalitarian Marxist systems. We're different. No, Mm -hmm. they're not different. They have all the problems of the predecessors. Well, it's going to usher in not only a new world order, but it's also going to usher in the Antichrist. Yes. Uh, figure, and people do not realize uh, what's really taking place. You quote George Orwell uh, in his book, 1984, every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed or torn down, and every date has been altered. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. If that doesn't describe the agenda of uh, wokeism that's taking place in our in our country, I don't know what does. I agree. When I found that, when I in writing the book and getting into uh, you know various sources, uh, I, I was blown away by by that um, because it just describes what's going on so well. And what do you make of the fact that many cities in many states of the Union are called Columbus, named after Christopher Columbus? Well, what, do you, what do you do with the one of the early titles of our country called Columbia? The District of Columbia. And then the District of Columbia, all named after Christopher Columbus. That's right. You have to be you have to be wickedly blind in one eye and refuse to see out of the other to realize what's happening in the effort to expunge uh, a a, a biblically and and godly driven man, although imperfect, by Christopher Columbus from the memory of the country. You know, you know, Satan, the, the fallen angel, Lucifer, was the smartest of all the angels and. So we have to recognize that these that, that our enemy and our enemies that follow uh, that, that follow this uh, are are very crafty and shrewd and smart. They understand leverage. You know, mm-hmm. financiers understand leverage. You know, you use leverage to build wealth. Well, you use leverage to destroy also. So Columbus was a target that has a lot of leverage because if you can take down Columbus. Then you have to rename all these streets, these schools, these districts, uh, the, dist- the District of Columbia, the capital of America, mm-hmm. theoretically would be renamed. These are evil people that are doing this. Columbus was a remarkable man in so many ways. You know, one of the, you know, his, his you know, his first voyage took longer than he thought. Traveled a southerly route before west because he wanted to to pick up the trade winds but he was becalmed for you know a number of days early on in the voyage and of course his crew you know had been they had been told that it would be a certain length of time but 
uh, and, and of course they had o- only a certain amount of, of rations. But in any case, uh, the, 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 the voyage was taking longer than they thought, and, and Columbus faced a mutiny. And there were, on his ship alone, there were 50 Hidalgo Spaniards against him. <laughs> so he knew... He was uh, in deep trouble. He was in deep trouble. <laughs> and what did he do? He prayed. And the Lord told him to ask them for three days. Give me three more days and we'll find land. And if we don't, you can do with me what you will. Mm. Well, in the morning of that third day, while it was still dark out, someone, the, the, the lookout on the Pinta cried, Land ho! And so it was that uh, that God God protected Columbus and they arrived in San Salvador and planted that first cross on that island. Other but, than other than Christmas and Easter or Passover, what would you say is the greatest holiday or what were the two two or three greatest holidays that we absolutely cannot afford not to remember? Well, certainly Thanksgiving is one. I agree. Yes. Um, if you lose your gratitude to God, you've lost everything. That's right. That's right. And you know, it. The other holidays, it's it's a uh, Christmas and Easter are are of course they are the central holidays of 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 America, to tell you the truth. Yeah, the birth of the Savior. Yes. And yeah. okay. How about uh, uh, Independence Day, the 4th of July? Yeah, that's arrival, and probably Memorial Day would be yet another. <clears throat> but, but clearly, um, the 4th of July is, is uh, such, an, uh, such an incredible holiday, and, and, it, and it, it really celebrates not only the Declaration of Independence, but you can't really disassociate the 4th of July from you know, from the, the, the great figure of George Washington, who was at that time, uh, when he received the first copy of the Declaration of Independence, that was in, of course, 1776, he was, he was put in charge of the, of the colonial army. Yeah. We'll have to pick up on that after this break. Yeah. Scott Powell joining us, his book, Rediscovering America. It's on our website, saveus.org. I urge you to get it. You will be high hope. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, our special guest on Viewpoint today, Scott Powell, with his new book, Rediscovering America, how the national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. 
But actually, uh, Scott, you said the subtitle should be what? The Christian History of America. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, as you have written, it's just impossible to avoid that. That is the the ribbon, the theme that runs through the country. It's interesting that uh, back in, I think it was 1983, a book came out uh, by a sociologist there, at, uh, Bella and Associates from uh, uh, California. And uh, in that book, they were talking about the, the ribbons of American history, the themes And they concluded that one of the principal themes, if not the principal theme weaving its way through uh, the history of our country that bound us together was the landing of the Puritans and the Pilgrims and the uh, model of Christian charity that Robert uh, Robert Winthrop, excuse me, uh, that John Winthrop, the attorney, had written in 1630 that likened what was happening in America to actually God's work in Israel, and that we would become a new Israel, a city set on a hill. That's what these secular sociologists concluded. This was the principal theme of American history. No wonder the wokists today want to completely do everything they can to strip out any of that memory. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, a sad reality. However, uh, there is pushback arising. There is an awakening going on. And uh, Where do you see that, that going on, other than a generic way of people being unhappy uh, generally with the government or uh, COVID rules and so on? Well, I, I think that... Uh, I think that Christianity is growing again in America, and it's not the it's it's not the watered down uh, liberal church that's growing. It's it's the real uh, evangelical, uh, biblically based churches that are seeing a lot of growth. And then you have people like Mario Murillo, who you know who uh, uh, was called to to bring about revival in the in the fertile agricultural valleys of California, and he, he was having uh, hundreds of people showing up to his tent revivals, and he's continuing to do that. Uh, he's moved to, to New York. Now, we know that we don't hear a lot about these things. No, because, we don't. Because the press, you know, is a secular press. I don't hear it in the Christian press. Well, the Christian press is also um, dominated by liberally oriented people that are uncomfortable uh, with with uh, evangelism uh, to some extent. So, but, you know, you can't, you, you can't uh, deny truth. You can't keep that light under a bushel. That light is beginning to shine in, in more and more ways and more and more places in the country. So, but we're going through a very painful period. There's no doubt about it. So uh, I would just encourage your listeners to to pray for the land, to pray for the nation, repent for the nation, and uh, and be sure that you're regularly witnessing uh, 
you know, to people that you know, because if each one of us uh, who are strong believers could bring just one or two people into the fold uh, in the next year, how things could change. You know, I, I received a, a note, a card yesterday from one of our listeners. She said, I've been listening to this program for 11 years. She said, I want you to know how much I appreciate the strength, the directness uh, that you bring. You don't mess around. You just tell us the truth. And she said, I want you to know also that I have told at least 100 people about this program. Isn't that great? Now, see, that's the kind of thing that needs to happen. Yes. But people are afraid. They're afraid of being rejected. Uh, they're afraid of uh, being maligned. They're afraid, afraid, just afraid, afraid, afraid. And uh, it seems to me that uh, in many respects... Our brothers and sisters in Christ are paralyzed with fear. Oh, people of little faith, don't you know, don't you remember that we live uh, with a risen Savior? That risen Savior lives today and can live in us and can, and can enable us to do amazing things and certainly can give us the courage to push back and to be a great witness. I mean, we have a Savior what, is, what do our enemies have? They don't have the power that we do. We have to align ourselves with that, mm-hmm. remind ourselves mm-hmm. of it, pray that we, that, that, you know, this, this, we, that we maintain a spirit-filled disposition as we go into this dark world. But we're very powerful people when we're spirit-filled. I uh, am thinking of a passage in the book of James where it says that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt us in due season, if we faint not. But to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God means, first, that we have to agree with his viewpoint as straight uh, declared in his word. We have to align ourselves with everything that God has said. So if Jesus says, I hate divorce, and whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery— we either agree with that or not. If we disagree with it, we're dissing God. How yeah. can we expect him to bless us? Well, we can't. And that's why for the past 25 years, the divorce rate in America has ne- in the church has nearly equaled that as the, of the nation's whole. And believe it or not, Scott, in the Bible Belt of America, the divorce rate for the past uh, 15 years has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. Unbelievable. How can we be crying about the wickedness of the wokeness when we ourselves are living such rebellious lives? I know, I know. And nobody will talk about it. Well, you talk about it, I talk about it. I do. People are afraid. They're, they're afraid of losing their congregations. They're afraid of uh, not being nice. Uh, I think we either remember, we either remember the mighty acts of God, we either remember his words, or we don't. If we don't, we die. Isn't that what happened to Israel? Yes. Israel lost the promised land for over 2,000 years because of their 
dissing what God said. Yes. Why do we in America think we are any greater exception than a people group that God called the apple of his eye? Well, I think increasingly people are recognizing that we are we are not the exceptional nation uh, <laughs> any longer. But um, the seeds are still there. I mean, the 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 uh, the power of God's word in Scripture, the power of the Declaration of Independence, and the great uh, you know the, the the great literature that that is at the root of our country. It's mm-hmm. just it. We have such a rich heritage, and I would encourage every young person that that uh, thinks that wokeism somehow has more to offer uh the reality is is that wokeism has very little to offer the richness of thought philosophy heritage is all in uh documents that that came long before us and you know those those trace back to be you know old testament new testament but you know, many of the great writings, you know, like, for instance, John Locke, mm-hmm. uh, who's really a founding father of America. He never came to America, uh, but he he was the philosopher from uh, Great Britain. And it was thought when the Declaration of Independence uh, was being written that it would be life, liberty, and property that were unalienable rights. But uh, the... but. Jefferson and in consultation with his committee decided to change that. But the reason that Locke, you know, Locke's understanding of freedom hinged on property was that property, when we when we have property, something, and property is 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 biblical. Mm-hmm. It, it's very biblical. God intends for us to have property, and it turns out that property protects us from the overreach of government. Yeah. It, it, it's our sanctuary. We have freedom within our sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So, so, and uh, that's why the uh, founder of the uh, Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, announced a few months ago that when the Great Reset takes effect by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy about it. Think about that. He you has will said, own nothing and be happy about it. He has said that, but if... If you have anything to say about it, Chuck <laughs> Chrismir, and I have anything to say about it, and many of our friends, that that is just utter intellectual elitist arrogance. No question about and, it. <laughs> no question and, about it. And and pride, pride and arrogance come before a fall. Well, so, the Antichrist can't be far behind it. I know. I yeah. agree. Okay. I agree. Um, Scott, I am an inveterate patriot. I remember back all the way to my youth, down down in the age of nine, ten. Uh, I I always uh, this is my country, land of my birth. This is my country, grandest on earth. I pledge you my allegiance, America the bold, for this is my country to have and to hold. This country has represented something very powerful to me. When we form Save America Ministries, a lot of people say, well, would you change the name of it now? No, but it's not about saving an institution called America. Because the reality is, from the very get-go, America was not an institution. It was we the people. That's what made it different. It was we the people. 
we the people, if we are governed by God, will see his blessings. We the people, if we reject the God of our fathers, will see his cursings. It's as simple as that. So, I think if we have any hope, if our hope is there, then our hope is to see the kingdom of God reborn in America. Not that America becomes the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is reborn in the mind and heart and the life of the people so that our real allegiance is to God and God alone. Amen. That sounds like a good final word, Scott. Amen. Amen. So be it. Hey, thanks so much for writing this book. Well, uh, your your uh, your audience will love it. I, I purposely uh, let me give a little bit of commentary. I've read a lot of books. I have a PhD, been in academia. History books tend to be long and boring, right. linear. It's the who, what, when, and where. This book, I I purposely wrote it from a different angle, and that was trying to answer the question of why mm-hmm. and focusing on what's important in our yeah. heritage, the, the key transitional times in America. Yeah. So that e- and each of the chapters is a standalone short story. It's uh, very satisfying. So it you read, is. I, I, I you read a chapter, great. you feel like, wow, I, I, I got it. It's great. Yeah. I look forward to the next chapter. Rediscovering America. What was it? What, what was it intended to be? And now how do we get back to that? It, we have to remember. We either remember or die. It's as I, simple as that. And uh, friends, get a copy of this uh, great book. Just the cover alone is satisfying. Uh, Rediscovering America, it's a hardbound book. $27, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for to handling. And a big thank you to you, Scott. Uh, for their labors, uh, to to bless us all with this. We trust that uh, God will use this mightily. Friends, become a partner with us. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Do it today. Don't, don't delay. Remember, we can't do advertising on this program because, well, quite frankly, you can't get advertisers who will embrace the truth. Not all the time. You just won't. Thanks for be- joining with us. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.